Hello, everyone, and welcome to the post-game show presented by Rico. I'm Chris McPherson, alongside former Eagles linebacker Ike Reese. The Eagles on the losing side of a 26-24 decision at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons on Monday Night Football to open the 2015 season. Ike, a valiant effort by the Eagles. They were down 20-3 at the halftime. All looked lost. They rallied to even take the lead, but unfortunately, Atlanta came back, got a field goal to take the lead back. The Eagles got themselves in position for a Cody Parkey attempt. He was automatic virtually last season, missed the field goal. They got the ball one last time, and then Sam Bradford's pass should have been caught by Jordan Matthews over the middle of the field. It was intercepted, and the Eagles coming up just oh so short after trailing so early in the contest. Yeah, just a disappointing uh, loss for the Eagles. Like, obviously, we didn't see this happening uh, down in the ATL, but that's why they play the games. That's, that's why they play the games. Uh, and, and here's what I'll tell you. To me, this game was more about the slow start the Eagles got off to and the fast start the Falcons were able to get off to. They were able to build momentum early in the game. The Eagles sort of seemed to be uh, trying to feel themselves through the first half of the game. Great effort in the second half, but when you're on the road in a tough environment in the opening game of the season when everyone believes they have a shot at, uh, being, at being successful uh, this season, you know, this is what happens. When you let an inferior opponent get confidence and gain a little momentum, it's going to be a deep hole to dig yourselves out of. The Eagles were able to do that with their play in the third quarter. Loved the way they came out of the locker room, made adjustments, looked like a much better team, uh, really had an opportunity to take the lead with the Parkey field goal. But again, I'm not so sure with the way they played in the first half, should they have been in the game at the end anyway. I mean, they were fortunate to be in this game at the end just due to their perseverance and the fact that they were, they, they never give up sort of attitude. But you can't go on the road and go down 20 to 3 at the half Doesn't matter what and the expect team to win. They don't care who you're playing in the National Football League. That's going to be difficult to overcome. But give them credit. They overcame it. Yes. And then the Falcons found a way to regroup and, and sealed it in the end. The thing for me is, watching this game, it was very eerily similar to last season. They opened against the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. You know, uh, Gus Bradley's a disciple of Pete Carroll, ran the defense there. But I think the one difference here when the Eagles were able to come back last year is the Falcons, with Dan Quinn making his debut as, as an NFL head coach, is that they have Matt Ryan. They have Julio Jones. They have all those weapons the veteran presence on the perimeter. The defense was able to hold up to its end of the bargain at the end, but Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, just a one-two combo, way too tough for the Eagles to slow down on this night. Yeah, I mean, it was a tell of two halves. We know Ryan to Julio Jones is one of the best duos in all of football, as Julio Jones is really putting his stamp on this league as the best wide receiver in all of football. So you weren't going to shut him out tonight, regardless of who was covering him, whether you were double covering him or not. He was going to get his because the targets would be there. So, but what the Eagles, in my opinion, needed to do was try to find a way to sustain drives in the first half. I thought their defense was on the field far too long in that first half, allowing Matt Ryan and Julio to sort of get in a rhythm. You could tell that the Falcons didn't really trust their offensive line to protect Ryan on uh, deep routes, so everything was quick hitting routes or play action pass. I was really surprised at the way the Falcons were able to ignite a little bit of a running game so that play action will work for him. But again, first game of the season. I know a lot of people are going to be totally upset tonight and into tomorrow. It's one of 16. They were not eliminated from the playoffs tonight. There's a lot of football left to go in this no, season. If you want to feel optimistic as an Eagles fan, yeah. you look at how they play in that second half. You saw the defense playing with his hair on fire, able to get to the quarterback, force that Walter Thurman turnover there to start the second half. That's the type of plays you can expect from this Eagles defense throughout the course of the season if they can get after the quarterback. Fletcher Cox, I thought, was phenomenal. All pro, second team last season, certainly building the case to be in that category again, once again, this season right off the jump. The offense, Sam Bradford, looked like he couldn't miss in the second half yeah. at times. Just pinpointing receivers left and right all over the field, and it wasn't one guy's targeting. It's not like you have a... Julio Jones or a Roddy Way per se, but he's dumping it down to Darren Sproles. He's hitting Sproles on the wheel, hitting Jordan Matthews here and there. Miles Austin, Zach Ertz with a nice grab down the seam. So many different weapons evolved, and that's what's going to make this offense so difficult to defend as they get the timing down, get the rhythm down more and more, is the fact that who do you key on? Yeah, I mean, and that's the great thing about this offense. Uh, they, they don't mind spreading the football around. It's about finding a mismatch. And in the second half, that's what you were able to see. You were able to see Darren Sproles being matched up on Corey Brimman, 
outside linebacker. The running backs were put to uh, good use in the second half. One thing about Sam Bradford, he's not going to force throws. He's going to take what you give him. And if the running backs, we have three very good running backs in Matthews, Sproles, and DeMarco Murray catching the ball out of the backfield, making guys miss in open space. And that's what Sam Bradford's going to take. And the Eagles were able to move the ball up and down the field. The receivers have to become a little bit more uh, involved in the uh, offensive uh, passing game. But the one thing about this offense is that they'll take the open man and let him move the chains, pick up yards, and then capitalize on that. I just thought the first half, defensively, we didn't really seem like we knew where we wanted to be coverage-wise. Too many guys running wide open and, and, and allowing plays to be extended. Took a little bit uh, for the offense to get in the rhythm because the, the Falcons defense came out and got some good stops on third down, but our defense couldn't get off the field on third, time, third down in the first half, which didn't allow the Eagles offense to find its rhythm. No. Second half, you saw sustained drives. You saw big plays. You saw multiple weapons being used. And I think moving forward, they're going to be able to build off this. The difference from this year's game to last year's game where they fell down 17 points is you were on the road this time. You had a frenzied crowd who probably showed up late yep. but were excited. There were once a lot they, of Eagles fans Once, once they got there. to the game and realized their home team was winning, they started to get a little loud. <laughs> That's a little different than what the Eagles faced last year playing in Lincoln, Final, Lincoln Financial Field against the Jags. All right, we're going to hear from head coach Chip Kelly, and I would expect to hear from quarterback Sam Bradford in just a little bit. What did you think overall of Sam Bradford's debut when he was dealing the rock there in the second half? I thought it was a beautiful thing to watch, the way he's like a point guard just distributing the ball all to his different playmakers there in the field. But you saw when you don't have the offensive line, you don't have the protection, you don't have the threat of the run game, and a defense is willing to just go full bore at you. So yeah. even a good quarterback like Sam Bradford, who's, who got rid of the ball as quickly as anyone who I've ever seen, can have problems and issues. Yeah, but the play de design of the offense is, if you're gonna take away our running game, we're gonna dump the ball off to our running backs coming out of the backfield. And listen, it, you, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you, you, can't, you can't take that away from the Eagles. They have multiple weapons to get the ball to. They're, gonna, they're not gonna allow you to take away all phases of their game. Our running backs were a big part of the passing game. Sam Bradford, I thought in the second half, Look more calm, more relaxed, more poised. You saw in the first half, he's trying to hook up with Zach Ertz, who hasn't played all preseason. Josh Huff, he missed on a uh, connection with him where Josh Huff thought it was a running play when it was a passing play. This is where the lack of playing time in the preseason also comes into effect. If you just look around the National Football League after week one, there were teams that you expected to win games did not look the way you expected them to play, and that was primarily because there's not extended playing time in the preseason. This is the first extended action for most of these guys playing this week. And I saw rust in the first half from the Eagles. They looked a lot better in the second half once they went in, made adjustments, figured out what Dan Quinn was trying to do to them defensively. And they said, okay, this is where we're going to take advantage of what the Falcons are trying to do. They're not going to let us get the ball behind them. They want us to dump it off. Great, we'll dump it off to our running backs. Let them, allow, uh, let them make guys miss on defense. And the Eagles were able to sustain drives. I thought their most impressive drive was the, I think it was a 13-play, 90-something yard drive, four penalties on that drive. So the total yards amounted to like 130 yards, and the Eagles were able to go down the score. The bottom line is, it was just too big of a hole to dig themselves out of. It really was. I mean, they played as best they could in the second half, but Atlanta had a 17-point cushion to play with, and really all they needed to do was kick a couple field goals in the second half to That's win. That's the thing, though. That's all they did was kick field goals in the second half to win. But if you look at the Eagles, they rallied, they took the lead, they gave the lead back up. All right, they went right back down the field yeah. again and got in position for Cody Parkey to kick the field goal. And it's interesting because from the TV broadcast perspective, it looked like Chip and Dave Fitt, the special teams coordinator, they were kind of debating back for whether to go for it. Chip looked like he might have wanted to go for it there on fourth down. But I think, obviously, you're on the road. You've rallied from behind to this point. You want to take the points and give yourself the edge and leave it to your defense. And you got a Pro Bowl kicker. I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, Hansen is 20-20. They go for that there. They get, stopped, they get stopped on fourth down. And then the next thing you know is everybody's complaining. Well, you got a, you got a Pro Bowl kicker. Why, why didn't you let him kick? So I understand Chip felt his offense was in a rhythm. They were moving the football. And he's no different than any other coach. When the ball is in your hands and you're doing well with it, you want to keep the ball. And uh, fourth and one is not a big deal to this offense, especially when Chip has the uh, offense rolling. But I think it was the right call 
because at that point you're late in the game and you have a Pro Bowl kicker on your team. Everybody has a job to do. And uh, Cody, he was automatic last year in a lot of those situations. Let's just hope this is just a hiccup this Certainly. first game and he's able to bounce back from it. But it's easy to second guess the coach when he makes the play call and it does not work out. Should we know with Bradford that you mentioned the rust that some of the players were shaking off because of the preseason and they haven't played since last year. For Bradford, it's been since October of 2013 yeah. since he last played in a regular season game. So I was very interested to see how he would maintain his composure, his poise down the stretch because he hasn't really been in a big time game situation like that. You know, you look at, you know, quarterbacks and they go through the clutch situations. Matt Ryan, you know, one of the best in the league in fourth quarter comebacks in recent years. Bradford just has not been in that position, and that's one of the things that you want to see and learn and hope that he'll develop and gain an appreciation for as the season wears on is the fact that, you know, if he's going to get this team into the postseason, he's going to have to win some of these close games in the fourth quarter. It was good to see him rally the team in the second half and get them in position to win like he did tonight. And that was huge. I mean, I've been nothing but encouraged by what I've seen from Sam Bradford through preseason and even in this first game. Sure, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, little uh, communication issues here and there in the first half. But what I liked about Sam Bradford is that he didn't get rattled. He didn't seem to force the ball in areas that he didn't, uh, that, that, that he shouldn't have. And uh, he took what the defense was giving him. And that's what this design of the offense is. It's not about trying to prove how good of a quarterback you are by making risky throws and, and putting your team uh, in a difficult situation. It's about taking what the defense is giving you and keeping the ball uh, uh, moving and keeping the chains uh, moving. And, and that's what Sam was able to do in the second half. You watch him in the pocket. He looked poised. He looked calm. And you're right. He hasn't played in a lot of big games, you know, out there in St. Louis. And albeit this being the first game, there's a lot of eyes on Sam Bradford on Monday Night Football coming into this game. And I thought he acquitted himself very well. I really did. Forget about what you saw in the first half. Even that wasn't as bad as it may appear. I love what he was able to do going into the locker room, making the adjustments, coming out in the second half, and really making some key throws in that second yes. half. Yes. And despite the struggles in the first half, oh, we're going to send it now to Georgia Dome. Head coach Chip Kelly about to address the media. Let's hear what he had to say following the game. Forty-four yarder. You know you're down two. Thought you know got great confidence in Cody that, that we're going to put it through. So. Your offense We were, but we didn't get you know third and one. We didn't get a lot of movement up front. So you know I kind of thought that again it was a forty-four yarder. Ball was in the you know right kind of in the middle of the field. So I didn't think it was a, a tough one. You know he's he's hit those before. So third and one is Matthews and not Murray. We, that back was just, it was ever in the game at that point in time. You know, we don't have a specific back that runs specific plays. We didn't, we didn't play very well at all in the first half, you know, and you give up 10 points right there in the, inside the last two minutes. Um, you know, I told those guys at halftime, it was a tale of two halves. We played a lot better in the second half, um, but we did not come to play in the first half. We did, couldn't really get much movement on their D-line. You know, we were concerned with their defensive line. They had to do a lot of new guys, um, Beasley and... Uh, Claiborne, you know, some guys that, that we saw in preseason that we had a lot of respect for and we knew were going to be, uh, you know, some difficult matchups in there. But we, we uh, you know, played well enough in the second half, but it was too late, put ourselves in too big a hole. So. Jim, Jim, what did you kick in the last two preseason games? How was the kicking in practice? He was fine. You know, and he was fine on every other kick today. It just, I don't know if the timing was off on that. You know, you got to look at the film in terms of um, where he was. But, you know, we kicked it with seven seconds to go on, on the play clock. So it wasn't like we were rushed and trying to, you know, he didn't have a chance to get it set, so uh, we'll have to take a look at that. You know, I thought again. I, and I talked about him earlier in the week. I thought their D line, you know, did a nice job. They're one gap penetrating, get up the field, uh, and, and and they did a good job. You know, I think we settled down a little bit in the second half and kind of got it going. Um, you know, in terms of some of the matchups, we felt that you know we felt their outside guys were really good in coverage. But I thought we could exploit some things inside. That's where the running backs really showed up in the. Uh, in the passing game for us in the second half. And obviously Jordan, you know, being an inside receiver for us and Ertzi being an inside receiver for us, some of those matchups we thought uh, were beneficial for us. But in the first half, we, we didn't get a lot of traction on those first five drives. So. Secondary, what issues did you see? Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think Matt had a lot of time. 
you know, I don't think the, the pass rush is what it needed to be. You know, we had a, some of those routes were deep down the field that you got to cover for a long time, but you know, we didn't we didn't get we didn't generate a good enough pass rush on some of those, uh, and, the, and then. Um, you know, we weren't close enough in coverage on some of those other ones. So. There are a lot of expectations, obviously, for this team. This one's disappointing. What do you say to your guys who have a game very quickly against the Dallas? Yeah, I mean, we're going to learn. We, I thought our approach and how what we did in the second half, um, you know, we can build upon that, and then we have to look at what went wrong in the first half and uh, correct that. But it, you're right, we do have a short week. You know, we'll just have meetings tomorrow, and we're going to be back out in the field on Wednesday, and we'll get Dallas coming in here. So that's got our attention as we move forward. Yeah, we yeah, they did, you know, uh, on that screen, you know, we, we had the ball deep down inside and all of a sudden we, we brought it, um, you know, brought it, brought us back too far. And um, in some of those drives, we overcame that one seventeen play drive, you know, with penalties in there. We overcame a lot of penalties in those situations, but um, you can't do that against a good football team and continue to, to think you're going to be able to bail yourself out of those holes. Obviously, uh, some critical penalties there slowed us down. Yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody, but he looked fine to me walking off the field. Us. What did you guys offensively in the second half? Like, it seemed like Sam was able to find a rhythm. Yeah, I think our line settled down a little bit. You know, uh, did a better job in protection and gave him some time to get the ball off. Um, and then it was just a combination of understanding zone and man, and we had some answers for both. So, you know, I think um, obviously we, we, we'll, we liked what happened in the second half, but I, I think he had some time to settle and throw the ball in the second half. So. No, they were playing the same defense that they normally play. No, no, okay. I read his offense. Yeah, they, a lot of those times there was there was they were in max protection, you know, so it was deeper down the route throws, but they had a lot of guys in a protection, so obviously it's a little bit more difficult to get to them, but you know, we, we, we gotta kinda overcome that and can't just let them sit back there. So. The night that I think it's a you know a real combination of him and, and the one thing they do a real good job. Kyle's always done a good job. Of, he's not in the same spot all the time, so it's it's not like you can say, hey, one guy can cover him. He's inside, he's outside. He motions. He lines up at the third receiver. He's the second receiver. He's the first receiver. You know, he, Matt hit him twice on those quick slants on run plays right off the backside. Um, so I, I think a lot of credit goes to him. I thought Sam did a decent job. You know, I think some of the protection issues, I think that we cleaned up when we gave him time to throw and, and set his feet. I thought he did a really good job. There was a couple of times where, you know, he got hit pretty good. So uh, I, I think the biggest thing as I come out of it before we look at the tape is is uh, we got to shore up our protection in certain situations. So you had more success running on the outside in the second half? Yeah, you, you know, no, we just kind of, again, we talked about it. They, they, they did a nice job inside, you know, and kind of shut some things down in there. So then obviously, you know, we've got to make, we counter their counter. So, you know, they do a good job inside. So we got to get the ball to the perimeter. Uh, felt like we got the ball to the perimeter a little bit in the second half in the run game and then obviously could throw it on. Did you guys use Just because we didn't know where Roddy was, I mean, uh, where Julio was going to line up. So there was going to be some matchups where, you know, their best receiver was going to be in the slot. And we felt most comfortable with Malcolm in that situation. Chris went in to play deep safety there. Yeah, because we dropped this, we dropped the safety down, so our next safety went in the game. I mean, Chris is the next guy up in that Yeah, he's our third safety. And Kiko was the Kiko played nickel. That's how we kind of alternated with him. Obviously, hasn't had a ton of snaps, so we felt like with uh, Michael stayed most of the time, and we were alternating Kiko and in, uh, in, uh, D'Amico and Basin and nickel. What's your my confidence in, in Cody Park. I got a lot of confidence in Cody Park. He's a Pro Bowl kicker, and I've seen him make a lot of big kicks for us. Ben. Oh, okay. All right. Welcome back to the post-game show presented by Rico, Chris McPherson, along with Ike Reese. You just heard from head coach Chip Kelly. We're going to possibly hear from quarterback Sam Bradford in just a little bit. But first, going off what Chip Kelly said there, you know, what do you think was the biggest turn of events to change things up there in the second half? Whether you want to go well, to the offense, go to the defense? Honestly, I thought the defense came out and played much better in, in the second half, Chris. I, listen, when you come out and you get a turnover on that first series from the Atlanta Falcons from Walter Thurman, that was a huge momentum builder for the Eagles. I mean, they're in the locker room, they're pumped up, you know, they're yelling at each other, you know, this is not us, we need to come out there and play better. Defense, you're up first. Let's go out here and get a three and out or get a turnover. That's what you're saying to yourself when you're down uh, like the Eagles were in that first half. And they come out, put pressure on, uh, on Matt Ryan, force that turnover there, take it in and score with DeMarco, uh, D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan. DeMarco. DeMarco yeah, Murray. D'Amico DeMarco. DeMarco Murray. And I think the momentum completely switched to the Eagles side. They had the Falcons on their heels, and the Eagles could be aggressive after that. But – 
the Falcons settled down. Once you got to the fourth quarter, they settled down and started to make plays. But I thought the Eagles coming out that first series is really what got the juices going for the team. Because it's one thing for the coach to go into the locker room, you know, and to give the pep talk. And, you know, Chip just spoke about how he informed the team, hey, you guys aren't playing well. You know, you can't come out here and just give up 10 points in the first couple series of the game. And it starts with the defense. Uh, you got to get off the field. So I thought they took it upon themselves to come out and try to con uh, gain control of the momentum. And they, they were able to do that. And that's why it really was a tell of two halves. The Eagles clearly outplayed the Falcons in the second half, but they had too much of a, uh, a hill to climb. Even though they eventually took the lead, the Falcons still never felt as if they were out of the game. They knew the field goals were all they needed was to win. And uh, you got to give them credit, man. It, it's, a, it's a disappointing loss, difficult to swallow. But, um, you know, now we can put away all the press clippings. Not saying that the Eagles players yeah. were reading them, but outside of the Novacare, we can stop making reservations in San Francisco, do all those things. You have to earn your W every time you step on the field. It's not going to be given to you. The whole mantra, any given Sunday, is not there for nothing. It's there for a reason. You better show up, and even on Monday nights, you better show up to play, or you'll be walking away with an L. Ike, let me ask you about what goes on at halftime, because certainly there was a change, there was a spark, something happened mm -hmm. there. Was it simply coaching? Is there something that ha sometimes happens with speeches and the players get on one another and say, look, you need to hold up your end of the bargain here? I, honestly, I did. I wasn't in the locker room. Certainly. I'm sitting up here in Philadelphia. But the coaches, they only get a few minutes to draw up the schemes on the, on, on the uh, whiteboard. You know, 15-minute halftime, it takes three, four minutes to even get in the locker room. Uh, they get up there, they're going to tell you about the adjustments, but they can't just hold, throw out the game plan completely. I guarantee you, the leaders in that locker room, guys like a Malcolm Jenkins, guys like a Jason Peters, those guys are in there, not necessarily yelling at each other, but making everyone aware in there, we're not playing Eagles football, and we need to go out and pick up our play. We know we're better than what we showed in the first half. We're a better team than this team. We need to go out there, first series on defense, first series on offense, reestablish the, uh, the pecking order here. We are the better team. And that's what they went out there and did in that second half. It's just unfortunate. They had already given the Falcons a ton of confidence with the way the Eagles played in the first half. But the Falcons actually went in the locker room feeling as if they belonged in this game, that they deserved to win this game. And while the Eagles were able to snatch the momentum away from them in that early part of the third quarter, it had already been established that we deserve to be on this field with you guys. We just need to make a couple plays because let's face it, they got two Pro Bowl or three when you want to include Roddy White. He's not at the Pro Bowl level right now, but he made big plays tonight as well. The two receivers and the quarterback are just as good as anybody in the National Football League. Roddy White was a forgotten man yes. going into this game. And he that had almost 100 yards receiving tonight. Yeah. Almost, yeah. You know, because you have Julio Jones, who's getting obviously all the hype and deservedly so after the phenomenal year he's had. But Roddy White had elbow procedure done in preseason, missed some time there. There was some question about whether he was going to be 100% ready to come yeah. out there on Monday night. But he certainly showed that even though he might be a little bit older now, that he's wise and can still get open and still make big plays down the field. I'll tell you what else caught me by surprise, Chris. The, the, the Falcons being able to run the football tonight. Yes. I mean, as a team over 100 yards, uh, Devontae uh, Freeman and, and uh, Tevin, Tevin, Camp, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Campbell Tevin from Campbell. the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Tevin Coleman, uh, the rookie out of Indiana. Uh, they didn't run Rupshaw over the Eagles, but they ran much better than I thought they would yes. be able to run tonight. I mean, with that offensive line, with three new players basically brought in off the streets uh, that weren't even with the uh, Falcons in training camp, I was surprised at the success, albeit moderate, that the Falcons' run game were able to have against, which I believe, is easily one of the top five run defenses in the league. I'm not I'm moderately just, surprised. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Because quite honestly, that's the one thing you figured the Eagles were going to take away. They were going to take away the run game and leave it to Matt Ryan and force Matt Ryan to beat Make them Make them one-dimensional, yeah. You know, and then at that point, you know what? They're going to their bread and butter, Julio Jones and Roddy White. And if the Eagles are give up too many explosive plays, too many big plays in the pass game, so be it. But there were times there in the second half where the Eagles could have gotten off the field on third down, but the run game of all things was able to sustain the drives. And Kevin Coleman, give him credit, the third round pick out of Indiana, big, fast, he was known for making big explosive plays at Indiana. 
you know, he proved up to that tonight. I don't quite know exactly what he finished with, but a very nice rookie debut for him. And Devontae Freeman, who was supposed to be the starter going into the season, but missed time due to a hamstring injury. Hey, you know what? He was able to be a nice complimentary piece, not just in the run game, but the pass game as well. But again, at the end of the day, it's that man, number 11, Julio Jones, 141 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And this is why he was as effective as he was. I mean, part of the run game played off of what Julio was able to do. And I noticed early in the game where the Falcons weren't having as much success. This play right here is what the Falcons decided. This is how we're going to try to run the ball. Just Matt Ryan pop up, dump the ball quick to Julio Jones on the perimeter. He's big enough to make a defensive back miss him uh, in the open field. And that was sort of their complimentary run to what they were doing in a standard size. I mean, a standard uh, running formation. Uh, the, the Falcons knew that they couldn't protect Matt Ryan very long. They had to get the ball out of his hands quick. And if they were going to be able to have any success running the football, they were going to set the run up from the running backs off of the uh, passing game to Julio Jones. Once you get the Eagles defenders to back out of that box, now there's a little bit more running room uh, for those running backs. And that's what you were able to see tonight. We didn't get to see the flip side of that where the, uh, the Eagles passing game should have been able to open up running lanes for the Eagles running backs. Instead, we basically had to supplement our, our running, basically handing the ball off to dump offs to Certainly. our running backs to uh, complement our passing yeah. game. That's the one thing you saw early on where the Eagles linebackers having to come in knowing that, look, they had to respect the run game just yeah. enough and then just left that little bit of padding in between the secondary and the backs of the linebackers to be able to fit the ball in for a couple of deep throws there to White and Jones. What did you think of the strategy of utilizing Malcolm Jenkins as the slot, the nickel corner, so to speak, here, and Chris Maragos coming in and basically bringing a third safety on the field for those nickel packages? Well, you know, this is what the Eagles have been cooking up the past couple uh, of weeks, and that they didn't want to allow us to know what they were doing defensively. And so I was a little surprised to see Chris Maragos out there, but Malcolm Jenkins playing in the slot. This is a former first-round draft pick at the cornerback position. Exactly. So I certainly wasn't surprised to see him playing in the slot because he's certainly going right. to fit into that mode. All right, we're going to send it back to the Georgia Dome here from the quarterback, Sam Bradford, following his Eagles debut. Uh, just precaution. You know, I took a few hits. They just want to get something checked out. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm all good. They said everything was good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good. Um, you know, just felt like we were playing behind the sticks all day. You know, it seems like, uh, you know, we couldn't really get anything on our first down. It was second long. You know, I think some penalties put us in second really long, third really long. And you know, I think the difference between the first half and the second half is we were much more efficient on first down in the second half. Um, you know, we played from ahead of the sticks. We got things going. You know, and then once we got it rolling, uh, you know, we kind of kept it that way. Yeah, um, you know, that's totally coach's call. I mean, obviously he felt good about the kick right there. Um, you know, they had just stuffed us on third and one. I think, you know, that's the bigger issue. If we can get it on third and one, then we're not in fourth and one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we felt like with the way they were playing some of their coverages, you know, after we got into the game tonight and made some adjustments, uh, you know, we had linebackers and safeties, you know, on sprawls almost all night. We had that. We kind of like that matchup. Uh, bad read, bad throw. I mean, it's just one of those things that can't happen, um, you know, with that little time left in the half. Um, you know, I've got to be careful with the ball when we're backed up. You know, can't give them the ball with a short field. I know you played a couple of preseason games obviously last mm -hmm. year, but you know, what was it like for you to be back out there in the first regular season game almost two years ago? Um, no, I mean it was fun. You know, even though we lost tonight, you know, I think just getting back out there and playing ball again, um, you know, especially the second half was a blast. You know, once we got things rolling and we took the lead, I don't know if I've been that excited in a long time. Um, you know, and so it was good to get that feeling again. You know, and hopefully, you know, next week we can start a little bit faster and not dig ourselves such a big hole. How draining is it, though? I mean, you still had a chance to win there at the end. To rally like that and then not win, how tough is it? Um, you know, it's tough. I think every loss is tough. Um, you know, the good news is, is, you know, it's week one. It's, it's one game. We've still got 15 ahead of us. Um, you know, we got a short week, so we can get this one out of our minds quicker. We didn't have the 
What's up? On, on that final drive, uh, I think a minute and a half ago. Yeah. What were you guys thinking going into um, Really the same thing we've been thinking the past three or four drives, just get it going. You know, they had a hard time stopping us in the second half. I mean, we felt really good about it. Um, you know, unfortunately, we just weren't able to get that first first down. Were you surprised at how much you threw the ball tonight, or was that the game plan going at? Um, yeah, you know, I think I was a little bit surprised. But, you know, when you dig yourself a hole and you go down, you know, 23 at halftime, then you got to throw the ball in the second half. So, you know, hopefully next week, you know, we can be a little bit more balanced. Uh, I think what we were doing, you know, I think we killed ourselves, um, you know, too many negative plays. Um, you know, I wasn't good enough in the past game to get us going. Um, and then penalties, you know, it just seems like we kept putting ourselves you know, behind the sticks in the first half. On the penalties, excuse me, you were able to come back after almost every one. Yep. Sometimes there was a double penalty. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that just shows the fight that we have on offense. You know, the one drive, the 17-play drive. I don't know how many penalties we overcame on that drive. But, uh, you know, we just kept going. You know, I think it's a credit to our guys. You know, sometimes in offense you get a penalty and it really puts you down. And, you know, you kind of stall out. But, you know, we kept fighting, kept grinding through them. Two more guys. So that 95-yard drive, what was clicking there that wasn't You know, like I said earlier, I think we played ahead of the sticks. You know, when we use our tempo, after we get that first first down and that defense gets tired, um, we're really dictating everything out there. But in the first half, we just struggled, you know, to really get into our tempo. Uh, the team scrolls a lot. Um, what, what kind of weapon is he? I mean, what were you guys able to take advantage of? Um, you know, just I think they were scared of scrolls running, you know, by them on the wheel route. And so they were giving us a lot of stuff underneath. And then finally, we got them on one of the wheel routes. But anytime we can get scrolls matched up one on one, it's a matchup we like. All right, thanks, guys. All right, quarterback Sam Bradford following the Eagles 26-24 loss at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we want you to be part of the show. You can call at 215-320-5170. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit, and we're also going to welcome in Greg Cosell from NFL Films to break down some of the all-22 of the highlights from this game. But before we get to our first break, Ike, what is going to be the biggest overreaction that we're going to hear from Eagles fans tomorrow? Oh, there's no doubt about it, the defense. It'll be the secondary and Byron Maxwell and whether or not he was worth the money that the Eagles paid him to come in here to be a quote-unquote shutdown corner. I think that was the most glaring thing in the beginning of the game anyways, how Atlanta sort of got his momentum going, is that it seemed as if Matt Ryan was just picking the secondary apart. And, uh, you know, you know how this fan base is when, when you pay a, guy, pay a guy like that that much money, they want results. So... If you want an overreaction, that'll be where everybody focuses their attention at. All right, so we'll get to those phone calls, all 22 analysis, and a whole lot more coming up here on the Post Game Show, presented by Rico. With extra 20 checking from Santander, you can get paid $20 a month. Just direct deposit $1,500 or more and pay two bills a month with the online bill pay feature. Then you can get paid $20 a month. That's just the way it works. So what are you waiting for? Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. However you do sports, however you do fun, however you do summer, do it at Sports Authority. Shop thousands of great deals this summer. Sports Authority. With Xfinity, stream your recordings anywhere or download them to your smartphone or tablet to watch when you're offline. Oh, now that would be nice. Let's take it on the train. Awesome. Or on a plane. This will work in a plane. You can even watch on the moon. <laughs> Call or click today. Love the Eagles? Play the new instant game from the Pennsylvania Lottery. Players must be 18 or older. Please play responsibly. Ike, we got to see the 
inside linebacker trio for the first time tonight. It was D'Amico Ryans and Michael Kendricks who got the start, but we saw plenty of Kiko Alonso being mixed in there as well. It seemed like he was playing more as the game progressed. And then he did his best Odell Beckham impersonation in the red zone of all times, getting that one-handed grab to help keep you know, additional points from getting on the board there early as the Falcons were piling up the lead. Yeah, really excited to see Kiko get out there and play a full game. Didn't get to see much of him during the preseason. Couple drives in that final preseason game against the Jets. Uh, tonight you saw why they brought him here. He's a playmaker. He's, 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 he's always around. The football is certainly appears to be. And D'Amico looked a little rusty to me, but I thought the young guns, uh, Kiko and uh, Michael, uh, Michael Kendricks. Kendricks, they were flying around all night, making plays in the backfield. And I think that's what you're going to, you can expect all year long. I mean, those three guys will rotate. I'm pretty sure Kiko and Michael will play on most other passing situations. But you still need, you still need Mufasa's leadership yeah. out there on the field. So I like the linebacker situation. I, I really do. And uh, it's just these guys didn't play much in the preseason. But for the most part, I thought they played okay tonight. Now, Kiko Alonso was not the only player to come up with an interception. Early in the third quarter, it was safety Walter Thurman, who was all around the football and training camp in the preseason, had a couple of picks. Well, he continued that trend into the start of the regular season. Let's bring in NFL Films' Greg Cosell to break down the all-22 of Walter Thurman's interception. The play that got the Eagles back into this game was on the Falcons' first possession of the third quarter. It was the interception by Walter Thurman. Let me show you how it all happened from a coverage standpoint. Right now, before the snap of the ball, what do you see? You see two deep safeties. Maragos here to the right, Thurman to the left. That's what Matt Ryan sees before the snap of the ball. Let's clear the screen and let this run a little bit. You can see as we start this play, freeze it right here. What this now becomes as the play develops is you're going to see Maragos drop deep into the middle as a single high safety. You're going to see Thurman right here in what we call robber or lurk position. He's a lurk defender as part of this man-free coverage. Now, as we clear the screen and unfreeze it, you can see Matt Ryan does not pick up Walter Thurman. He thinks he's out of the play, so he throws to White on the deep dig. Thurman makes the pick. Interception Eagles, that got the second half started. Great stuff, Greg. Now, if we could just get Malcolm Jenkins to yeah. haul in some of those interceptions. He had two <laughs> come his way yeah. they could have had tonight. Now, on the phone, it's not Leo Carlin, the longtime Eagles ticket director. It's our fan Carlin from D.C. Welcome to the postgame show presented by Rico. Hey, guys. How you doing? Love, What's up, love Carlin? the postgame show. Watch you all the time. You guys do a phenomenal job. Thank you, Thank Carlin. You. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, it's um, two things I saw. I'm not going to talk about the defense. Um, I think they'll get that straightened out. But what I saw in the first half was a team playing tentative, or at least it's what it appeared. They didn't. They weren't on the balls of their feet. They they were they were just kind of out of sync, a half a stat. They didn't have the sharpness they had in Green Bay. But what really the one of the glaring things that I looked at the stats was we only had 63 yards rushing the ball, and I thought with this offensive line we would do a lot better with the different backs we would do a lot better rushing than we did. Now, we got with the short pass of Sproles, it was great as always. But I really thought we'd do a better job rushing the ball. Um, and there's my two cents. I think we'll get Dallas next week. I think this is a good thing now in the first game of the season. If we're going to have a letdown like this, there's going to be mistakes we're going to have to fix after every game. So I, I mean, I've heard you say that hundreds of times. No game is perfect. But I love the way the Eagles came back. I was at the home opener last year and watched them come back. I really thought they could do it this time, but, hey, we'll get them next week. No, Carlin, you make a great point there. Maybe in some ways, when you have a comeback like that, it's sort of like fool's gold, where all of a sudden you think, all right, it's great. They came back and won. But, you know, this was good tonight, but maybe, I'm not going to say you want to see that have the setback, but at least it puts you in perspective that there is a lot of things that have to be worked on, a lot of kinks that have to be ironed out. And certainly in the first half, you have to agree that they just looked a little bit off from a timing perspective. But the run game, I'm fine with the numbers because the, it was really the pass game was what was open up tonight. They were selling out to stop the run. They were making it their mission not to allow DeMarco or Ryan Matthews or Darren Sproles to go wild on the ground. They were allowing them to have the check downs and the short passes. And 
Sam Bradford will be more than happy to go up and down the field and carve up a defense like that. Yeah, and listen, when, when, when the defense is taking something away from you or you're not having much success uh, running certain plays, you definitely need an alternative. I, I, I sort of agree with Carlin on the run game. I've been surprised about the lack of effective runs throughout the preseason. And you chalk it up to it's just preseason or when the young guys get in there, when the young guys get in there in the third and fourth quarters, you just don't know. But when I look at this first team and I look at the preseason games, uh, whether it was due to the lack of touches to Murray and Matthews or the offense just wasn't running the ball. But I've seen the same type of struggles in this first game that I've witnessed with the first team running the football in the preseason. And I'm a little surprised by that because we have runners now that will go downhill, north-south runners. You should be able to hit those holes a lot quicker, and you should have more success. Now, we haven't had a chance to break down the film to look exactly where the Eagles had some miscues along that offensive line, but I saw a lot of penetration from this uh, Atlanta Falcons front four, and it wasn't just due to blitzes. I saw penetration through those A and B gaps that needs to be shored up. It's going to be difficult to run east and west versus team on a consistent basis. The Eagles had some success with it, but eventually you're going to have to run that ball downhill and knock your defenders off the ball to create holes. And that's what you're expecting. You're yes. expecting that smash mouth approach. You yes. figure you get these tough downhill backs who, you know, run with violence and a passion and anger that you're going to see more of that. So maybe we didn't see it tonight. You know, maybe Dallas will be in for something this coming Sunday. Let's go back to the phone lines and bring in Ron from Virginia. Ron, welcome to the postgame show. Uh, uh, Rico. What's up, Ron? Ron, great to hear from you. Yes, sir. Look here, it's the first game. We don't need to panic. There were a lot of penalties, a lot of miscues, a lot of things happening, you know, so I'm not going to denigrate any player. But I fought Chip Kelly on that fourth and one. You got two pro, two pro Bowl running backs, put Bradford on the center, and put it on your Pro Bowl running backs. Let me know. Wait, here's the thing, though, Ron. Yes, sir, if, if, if they get stuffed because Atlanta's going to be expecting a run, yes, sir. then we'll be complaining that Chip didn't trust his Pro Bowl kicker to kick the ball. Well, Coney Park is coming off, I think, a, a groin injury or a thigh injury. Secondly, he was wavering in preseason. Couldn't that's he make true. point kicks. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. He, he was a little up and down in the preseason. Listen, I think Chip – Gave it some thought over there on the sideline. Oh, there's some deliberation there, no yeah. question. He, he gave, he certainly gave it a uh, consideration, but I, I can't fault him for turning the ball over to his his Pro Bowl field goal kicker and letting him kick it. That's a 44 yard field goal indoors. That's, That's makeable. What did you need at that time? You needed a field you goal. You needed a field That's goal. That's all you needed. That's what you needed. Yes. So you put it in the hands of your kicker. You know, set the NFL record for most points by a rookie in history, 150 year ago. Went to the Pro Bowl. How often do you see that from a rookie kicker? Deserve the honors, and you figure he would be able to continue that? A little bit and guess what? here. Cody Park is a young player that we hope is here for a very, very long time, like David Akers. You want to continue to instill confidence in Cody Parkey. What does that say to Cody Parkey that you don't want to give him the opportunity to go out there and kick a field goal? I, I honestly believe Chip made the right call. It's the call I would have made. It didn't work out, but that's not on Chip. That's on Cody to do his job. We'll go back to the Monday night game last year. Who won it in Indianapolis? It's Cody Park. Cody Park exactly. against a former yeah. team. So certainly he's got the ability to get it done. Just didn't get it done. Do it. Yeah. So again, Eagles fall 26 to 24 at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to delve into some more analysis as we break down the game here on the postgame show presented by Rico. With extra 20 checking from Santander, you can get paid $20 a month. Just direct deposit $1,500 or more and pay two bills a month with the online bill pay feature. Then you can get paid $20 a month. That's just the way it works. So what are you waiting for? Electrolytes to replenish. Everything you need to keep sweating. I step to Philly. I step to Philly. The bus. The trolley. The train. Jefferson Station. Airport line. 69th Street. Broad Street. To the game. 
Paoli. Sharon Hill. Chestnut Hill. Regional Rail. I suck to Philly, the Broad Street Line on game days. A la bodega. To the movies. To my parkway. Spring Garden. Late night. West Philly. South Philly. North Philly! With extra 20 checking from Santander, you can get paid $20 a month. Just direct deposit $1,500 or more and pay two bills a month with the online bill pay feature. Then you can get paid $20 a month. That's just the way it works. So what are you waiting for? Stop by your McDonald's for the summer break menu. Choose from a delicious double cheeseburger, filet fish six-piece chicken McNuggets, or a snack wrap plus a small fry for just $2.50, and bring brighter days to your summer. Only at McDonald's for a limited time. I'm loving it. Welcome back to the post-game show presented by Rico, and I could use a little bit of a brightening up So after like the Eagles lost like to the that. Falcons. But nonetheless, it is now football season, so you're transitioning from summer. But we're going to go back to the phone lines here and bring in Anthony from California, who's he's got the tunes on in the background. He's trying, I think, to drown out some of the sorrows from uh, the Eagles' Monday night loss. Anthony, welcome to the show. What's up? Um, I just thought Sam Bradford, he did a good job coming out of this first season game. Felt like he could have done a little bit better. Could have could pull off a little bit more yards, threw into a little bit more. Just the ending wasn't the best for him. I felt like he could have threw at least one less interception that game at the end. Um, I thought Sproles. Malcolm. Malcolm Jenkins. Okay. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's the whole thing is there were some opportunities that they missed, but. Look, if Kiko Alonso doesn't make that amazing play, if Walter Thurman doesn't make the play that he made, you know, the Eagles wouldn't have been in position. So certainly you would have loved to see Malcolm Jenkins get those interceptions the way he did so well at the beginning of last season. But it wasn't, you know what, wasn't going to be tonight. So, no. But at least he was in position. So I guess the question is moving forward, do the Eagles want to continue this nickel package where Malcolm Jenkins is the one who comes down the slot? Because all during training camp in the preseason, Bill Davis was basically saying, we want one of the corners to win it. Yeah. Whether it's Jalen Watkins, who's obviously not here, whether it's Eric Rowe, EJ Biggers, Denzel Rice, they want one of those guys, so I think it could free up the safeties with their responsibilities. But if they felt it was effective enough, maybe they'll be able to keep it going. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see its true effectiveness this Sunday against Dallas because they're not going to have Des Bryant out on the field after he broke a bone in his right foot. So. Yeah, that's true. So, speaking of former Cowboy DeMarco Murray, his first touchdown as a Philadelphia Eagles came on a sweet play in the third quarter to help get the Eagles back in the game and to break down the all 22 of that touchdown score. Here is NFL Films' Greg Cosell. This was the Eagles' first touchdown of the third quarter following the Walter Thurman interception. What they're going to do is have a sweep to the right with DeMarco Murray. It's a staple running play that the Eagles use. And what they're going to do is pull the center, Jason Kelsey, and the right tackle, Lane Johnson. Let's clear the screen and let this start. This is really well executed, really well executed by the Eagles on offense here as we start this play. You see Kelsey, you see Johnson, really well done. Freeze it right here. Another really good block is Josh Huff down here. That wraps it up. A, a sweep to the right. You can run the play. You'll see Murray's clean to the end zone. This is a staple of the Eagles' run game. They get their backs out on the perimeter with their athletic offensive linemen pulling. Thank you very much, Greg. And he'll have a complete all-22 analysis that will be available here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com on Tuesday. But... We're going to start to turn the page just a little bit. And Hurry since up. Eagles, since Hurry Eagles up, turn lost, the page. Turn it, You man. might as well. Eagles <laughs> lost. You know what? It's Dallas week. Yeah, no need to read that book again. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the Cowboys. Ike, favorite memories? Playing Cowboys? The Cowboys? Yes. Easy. 2000. Pickle opening, juice. Opening game, pickle juice game, surprise onside kick. I think that was the beginning of a five-year run where we were, were the uh, dominant team in the NFC East, and it started in Texas Stadium. 120 degrees out there, pickle juice aplenty for everyone. Did you drink it? Yeah, of course I did. Okay. I did anything Rick Burkholder told me to do. He said <laughs> pickle juice work, give me a whole jar. <laughs> Vlasic, I'm your man. But yeah, I believe, I believe that was the game. And it was the uh, surprise onside kick from Coach Reed uh, that I opposed uh, prior to the game. Luckily, I wasn't coaching. He was. We ran it, and I think we were off and running as Deuce rushed for over 200 yards that day. And I think that was the first game. Uh, that's the game that will always stick out to me as the biggest Cowboy uh, game, victory for us. 
So, Eagles Cowboys Sunday, Lincoln Financial Field, the home opener. They're not going to have Des Bryant, who broke a bone in his foot and is scheduled to undergo surgery on Tuesday. He'll be out for a duration of time. They're not going to have Greg Hardy. They're not going to have Randy Gregory, who was impressive in the action they played Sunday against the Giants. And no Rolando McLean, who is also suspended. So, in your estimation, is this a game that the Eagles, I don't want to do the must-have because you were on the teams that started 0-2 and still went to the NFC Championship yeah. game, yeah. but it seems like a perfect opportunity is right in their grasp. Yeah, you got to take advantage of this. You know, NFC East, NFC East opponent at home. Uh, you're going to have to go down there and play Dallas in about a month or so again. Can't give, you can't give away this game at home. You certainly don't want to go down 0-2. Uh, I don't care who's not playing for the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles need to focus on what they need to get fixed with their team and go out there as if Tom Landry, Tony Dorsett, <laughs> Troy Aikman, Michael Urban, and everybody is playing for the Cowboys and take this game serious and get the W. I don't care who's not playing. Eagles need to come out and play, be- uh, play well Sunday. I'm motivated after hearing that. I'm so. telling you, man, we need a W Sunday. No way we, should, we can't lose to the Cowboys at home. Can't do it. So make sure to join us tomorrow on Tuesday. Actually, by this point, it might already be Tuesday. So later on in the day today, as head coach Chip Kelly will give his day after press conference, Brian Westbrook, the future, soon-to-be Hall of Fame Eagles running back, will be the co-host. Your man. My little guy. He'll be the co-host with Dave Spare on 360, Eagles 360, which you can see at 5 p.m. And we'll recap all the day's news and notes. So that's going to do it for us, Ike. He's Ike Reese. I'm Chris McPherson. You've been watching the post-game show presented by Rico. Eagles fall to the Atlanta Falcons 26-24 to on Monday Night Football. Everyone, get some sleep, and we'll be back at it tomorrow. Have a great Eagles night, everyone.